and Pam are back, and we have a couple beers in our hand this time. Cheers. I have a Dragon's Milk. What do you have? Uh, the good old reliable Killian's Red. Cool. Good deal. Can't Cheers. beat it. Cheers, Cheers to everybody. To you, Thank you for joining us for yet another Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Pull out a beer. We're going to chit-chat, and I'm guessing that things are going to get a little looser as we continue on here with maybe another beer. How too. many beers did you, did you bring? I just brought a few. A couple? Okay. <laughs> just a yeah. couple few. Um, let's let's start off with what I think is going to be a top movie of the year. I really want to talk about A Life Ahead. And then let's get into Freaky after that. But let's start with A Life Ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to think of two more different movies, and I, I can't at this point. There is no way that you could intellectually, cognitively, emotionally, sort of socially. Thematic <laughs> connection. I got nothing. nothing. No. No. Which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah, Life Ahead. It's a remake of a film called Madame Rosa uh, that was came out in the 70s. Uh, and it follows a woman, Madame Rosa, played by Sophia Loren. Um, she's had quite a life. Quite a life when we meet her in this film. Uh, she's in her late 70s, early 80s. Uh, she watches uh, children. She's like a daycare provider. A uh, daycare provider for streetwalkers, basically. And we come to find out that she once was a streetwalker. Uh, and she does what she can to, can to help people. And she's at the market one day and she gets ripped off. She gets mugged by a little boy. And uh, ironically, and at the convenience of the screenwriter, uh, the little boy ends up on her doorstep. Uh, a doctor in the area who knows her uh, has taken the boy in, has found the boy, returned her stolen merchandise, and asks Madame Rosa to take the boy in. And of course, she wants nothing to do with this kid. But a nice stipend helps grease those wheels. And before you know it, this kid is in the house as well. Momo is his name. Young Muslim boy. And he's very angry. He's got every right to be angry. He's uh, had problems with his parents. He's living by himself on the streets. Uh, he has every right to, uh, you know, lash out as he's doing. Uh, and obviously the relationship between Madame Rosa and Momo, it's off on the wrong foot. And it stays on that wrong <laughs> foot for a while. Until... Something happens. And I don't want to give away too much about this film. You know, you know that these that they'll en eventually end up setting aside their differences. But the extent to which this relationship that develops between them um, goes further than I thought it would. And I think the thing that I liked about the film is that it's not manipulative at all. It's not, I mean, it moves you, but it doesn't club you over the head with no. what's going on no. as we find out more and more about Madame Rose's background. What a tragic, tragic story. And the more we find out about her, the stronger she becomes in our eyes, you know? And you realize, I don't think anyone could have played this part other than Sophia Loren, 83, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, she just still has that, not only that majesty, but that strength. She's always been had that strong persona about her, and it's still there. Right. And to see that strong woman laid low bit by bit as she is in this film is incredibly moving. Um, this is one that snuck up on me. Only 95 minutes, which I liked, uh, but it doesn't mess around. It's directed by her son as well, yeah. Eduardo P Ponti. And he knows exactly what he's doing here. He, he knows he's got two great performers and he just lets the story play out. He doesn't manipulate us because he knows the story's strong enough uh, to move us, and, and I was quite moved by this. Right, and, and you talked about it not hitting you over the head. It doesn't hit you over the head with all of the aspects that it covers from 
immigrants, immigrant status, oh and mm -hmm. the symbolism within mm. the Muslim community as mm -hmm. well as with nature itself, and how there's this big disparity between the haves and the haves not have nots. Even even children being ripped away from their parents. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! I mean, just heartbreaking yeah. and socially relevant, unfortunately, situations mm -hmm. that we can relate to today. But none of these things. These, these just supported this beautiful story right. of the relationship be, between this little boy Momo and Madame Rosa. Well, and you, you, like you say, these little supporting things, the relationship Momo forms with this merchant oh. who <laughs> gets him in touch and, and, and drives home to him how important his faith is. Right. And this whole notion that he has this rug that they're mending together, this project and this, uh, the, the recurring motif of the lion right. throughout as well. Again, like you say, it's kind of all these things are kind of on the periphery. He doesn't beat us over the head, but we, but they're important, and it all comes together there at the end. It's it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous story with incredible performances. Like you said, Sophia Loren. I can't imagine anyone else playing this role either. No, no. Um, I mean, she's an icon, but I can't imagine anybody younger playing this role either because no. the heft of this role has to be carried by someone with experience, with life's experiences, right. and she's got them. But Momo, played by Ibrahim um, uh, Gaye, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Right. Whoa. First time actor, those soulful yeah. eyes, they pull you into his spirit and you know every single emotion and thought that's mm -hmm. going through his head. Well, and, and you know those scenes where he's angry, those are easy, easy to do. Sure. But those quiet scenes that he has with the merchant and with Lorraine, I, I don't, I always thought acting was kind of like hitting a baseball. It's an instinctive thing. I could teach you how to do both, right. but you can tell the difference between someone who learns it and someone who just instinctively right. knows it, and this kid's got that. Right. Yeah, every moment is real. You know, they talk about her being nominated for an Oscar. I certainly hope they don't forget about the kid. I hope not, too. Absolutely. And he is a first-time actor, and mm -hmm. he is actually an immigrant, so totally understood the role that he was playing from a first-hand perspective. This reminded me so much of that film. I can't remember the name of it, but it broke my heart last year. Uh, about the young boy who was uh, wanted to divorce his parents. Oh, yes, the separate, no, not the separation. No, but um, yes. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. The same situation about the kid on the street spending for himself. Right. And, um, you know, just, just experiences we can't imagine. Right. Experiences no one should ever have. Uh, but yeah, this is a powerhouse film, but a quietly powerful film. And uh, on Netflix as of what? November Friday. 13th. Yep, Friday the 13th. I mean, I know it sounds like, you know, as we talk about it, it's like, oh, I wouldn't want to watch this. Watch it. Oh, it'll move you. It's just absolutely incredible. It will definitely be on my top films of the year, but I think it's also going to have a lot of Oscar buzz whenever oh, Oscar yeah. actually takes place. And, oh, yeah. And um, definitely going to be on that list as well. Yeah, completely. Um, speaking of Friday the 13th, that kind of brings us to... Oh, the Oscar buzz? Is that oh, the segue oh, you're no, using? That, nope, just the oh, date, just the date, because there, there ain't going to be no Oscar buzz on this one. You know what the original <laughs> title was? What? Friday, uh, Freaky Friday the 13th was the original title. Okay, gee, gosh, they're stealing from even that in the title as well. They steal from every single possible movie. At least, but they admit that they're stealing. They do. You know, they absolutely not, they're do. They're not pretending nope. anything in Freaky is original. Right, and it's not. And I think that's that's where I want to start is the fact that nothing <laughs> is original in this. However, the combination of the two elements of horror and body swapping might be kind of an original idea. I can't think of too many films that combine those two things. We have 
um, uh, Freaky Friday mm -hmm. with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Lindsay Lohan, but that was uh, based on the original the remake, yeah. uh, with Jodie Foster. And then before that, that was based on the book by Mary Rogers. So this is not like a new concept. And there have been at least a couple dozen films over the last probably 20, 30, 40 years. Sure, some sort of... Even a Twilight Zone. Do you remember the Twilight Zone where mm -hmm. it was like the body, body swapping thing? It was an older couple. And um, they... They're the one the older gentleman, the husband is really ailing, he's hurting, and they have a chance. It costs five thousand dollars per person and insurance doesn't cover it. <laughs> and they have a chance. Why would it? I know, right? They have a chance to become uh, their younger self. And so they're, you know, going from a seventy some odd year old to a twenty some odd year old. Well, and keeping that in mind, I guess get out as well. Mm-hmm. Certainly oh, echoes, true. I echoes, hadn't thought about that. echoes that. Yeah. And in a sense, in a little bit, a kind of a periphery way, freaky as well. Right, right. And uh, one of one of my favorite thoughts of body swapping is Jumanji. Oh, completely. <laughs> yeah. That that I think um, really embodies the comedy mm -hmm. and a little bit of a, a thriller. But this brings us into horror. Vince Vaughn plays the Blissfield Butcher. <laughs> And apparently he was around in the late 70s and now is just resurfacing. And oh my God, that first scene, they don't, they don't hold anything back in that first scene because we see four young teens as they set up the, the campfire and they're sitting uh -huh. around and telling a story of the Blissfield Butcher and back in the day in the 1970s during Homecoming. Always during like Homecoming. A, it, oh. It's either Homecoming or Prom. You know, mm -hmm. how many horror movies revolve around those teeny bopper things? You got to get all the kids together. That's right, why. Right. Um, so we, we see them, I mean, brutally, brutally murdered. I mean, my God, that wine bottle. And, and I was drinking a glass of wine while I was watching this. And that certainly did, did affect me. You know, violence in a horror film is tricky. Um, and that snapped me out of the film right away. Okay. I, 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 it's too much. Oh, it was, you think? It's way too much. <laughs> it is way too much. It's way too much from the beginning. All and it's way. way too much at the end yeah. and all the way through. Well, that, you know, the director makes a decision. This is how far we're going to go. Mm. And that decision was made right off the bat. And like I say, violence in horror films is a given, but it shouldn't call so much attention to, my, to itself that it snaps me out of the film. Right. And that's what this did repeatedly. Oh, and didn't I thought it, that was a huge misstep for the film. Well, the other thing is, is the violence was so graphic, so gratuitous, that it left nothing to the imagination. There is no imagination no. in this no. film whatsoever. Um, the other aspect, and, and for those of you who don't know what the film is about, after talking about all the body swapping things, there's a teenage girl <laughs> that is attacked by Vince Vaughn's character of the Blissfield Butcher. We'll just call him the Butcher now. And somehow he's injured. I still don't understand that. I'm not quite sure how he was he injured. He must have Fingernest? cut himself on Fingernest? the knife. I don't know. There's a I magical knife. It doesn't matter. It nope. just happened. Okay. All right. I'm going to let that one go. And they're both injured. And I guess with the um, consequential bloodletting that's occurring, then they switch bodies. Um, they don't know that until the next day when they each wake up in strange places. And all of a sudden, Vince Vaughn has the personality, mind, and heart, and soul, and spirit of a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> Let's listen to a clip from Freaky. Good morning. Good morning. That's me, Millie. Ordinary, boring Millie. I love your dress. I think I saw it at Discount Bonanza. <laughs> okay, so I was never the most popular. Homecoming's this weekend. Booker is gonna be at the dance. And boys never really noticed me. <laughs> wow! 
Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cue the creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. <laughs> but actually, it turns out... Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. The Blissfield Butcher strikes again. Don't freak out. You're black! I'm gay! We are so dead! Ow! Will you stop? It's me, it's Millie! Hill, Hill, Blissfield, I feel our glory and our might. Oh my god! And not only is that psycho wearing my body, he's killing it. He's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Who knows how many of our friends he's gonna kill? Are you sure this is safe? No. Oh my god, it's a slaughterhouse. I have like less than six hours to swap back or I'm gonna be stuck in his body forever. Hurry up, loser, I gotta take a dump. I have to admit, it hasn't been all bad. I'm sorry, sir, I didn't mean to interrupt. I... Move! How's that feel? I'll make you wish your stupid face was never born. Oh my god, did you just pee yourself? Yeah! Whoa, what am I wearing? I'm actually really liking this for you. Ah! Oh my god, it's supposed to be a butcher! Oh, 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 wait a minute, 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 Jesus Christ! Great, we're gonna get killed by murder, Barbie. Let's back up. The, this girl is bullied. This girl has had some tragedies occur in her life, and yeah. um, they set it up so it's going to be a revenge movie. I mean, there's just no guess as to how they set everything up. Everything is just so, so terribly and, obvious. And I can't figure out, you know, and that, and I didn't buy that as well. What? What's the actress's name? Catherine? Catherine Newton. Newman. Newton. Newton. Beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Beautiful girl. And, and I'm supposed to believe that she can't get a date. I know, right? That she's bullied. That she's... A, no. Didn't buy it at all. Yeah. Didn't I, buy it. I mean, Sissy Spacek is Carrie. Yes. I get it. <laughs> get it completely. No offense. No, no. Yes. Beautiful girl, but she's plain mm -hmm. in the way yeah, they did it. Yeah, yeah. Not here. I didn't buy it at all. No, I, I would agree with that. I'm like, why can't she... Why doesn't she have a date for that? I don't quite understand that. She can't get a yeah. date for homecoming. And why are the why is everybody picking on her? Um, she wears clothes from the dress barn or whatever it was whatever. called. Whatever. Barn Bonanza. Um, so anyway, let's let's back up to the the premise of the film. When I thought it was going to be more comedy, I really really thought yes. it was going to be yes. more of a comedic element, less of a horror, because that's what all the other body swapping movies are. Basically, from what I can think of, is they're all uh, uh, comedies. Mm -hmm. um, Vince Vaughn does have fun, I think, with embodying that teenage girl, and there are some pretty funny moments when he, when he's in the bathroom. <laughs> And he, she is discovering what's down there. <laughs> or the scene in the back seat with the boy oh, who that, has that a crush was, on, on her, him. <laughs> and his hand goes up on <laughs> his face. It's like, oh, let's wait until my see, hand is a little smaller. <laughs> see, see, and that's the whole thing. We're laughing at this. And right. you're right. The film isn't funny enough. It needed more moments like this. Vaughn's the whole show. Oh, absolutely. And I needed more of him as the girl. He is completely invested in this. But they don't give him enough rope. And and I also think, which is surprising for Vince Vaughn not to be, even if he isn't given rope, he generally will take He'll it take and it, run sure, with yeah. it. Mm -hmm. um, but also, when we think about films like Jumanji and The Rock's character of the, the young boy who's super nerdy and shy and awkward, 
The Rock takes that and he uses sure. it in his personality. There's no personality development from the girl Millie, and it's not. It's just a typical teen girl. There is nothing unique or nuanced about how he portrays Millie. I don't think he's really given the chance because this be. movie moves really quickly. It does. It does. And I feel bad for Newman, Catherine Newman, because when she had Newton. Newton, when she has the persona of the serial killer. She's kind of required to just give a one-note performance. That's it. That's And that's what I wrote in my review, actually. It's totally one-dimensional. Yeah. She goes nowhere. She can't do anything except look menacingly. And, and it's not her fault. Right. It, that's the script. I've seen this girl in other films. Uh, she was in Three Billboards and a few other things. She's a good actress. But, yeah, that it does her a disservice. I felt bad for her. It's like, wow, you're not really allowed to do anything. Here. No. No, I, I would quite agree. So I did, I did jump. I did squeal. I did gasp. A couple times. Um, I'm probably a little bit more scared by these things than you are. And, and I have to tell you, I, I uh, watched it with a friend of mine who came over. And we got done. We made dinner. And I was heating up a skillet with oil in it. And that oil got too hot and it popped. And we both screamed and jumped. <laughs> so apparently I was still well, I, on edge. I wish I'd been there. <laughs> So I think if you if you like these gasher horror movies, you'll really enjoy it. This is way too bloody, way too unimaginative for me. Yeah. I did enjoy um, the boy. His name was um, Misha Oshirkov or something mm -hmm. like that. And he played the gay guy. And yeah. <laughs> I thought he, I mean, all of these characters, every single one of them were over the top. Well, and they're supposed mm -hmm. to be and, stereotypes. Right. You know, this this wanted to be Scream. Right. You know, it or wanted Saw, to be or Halloween. Well no, or... but I mean but I mean as far as scream as far as being meta Over the top. and and commenting on the horror genre. We're okay. gonna populate it with familiar situations and familiar characters and we're gonna poke poke fun at it, which is what Scream does. Right. This only went halfway. It doesn't go far it enough. It didn't go far yeah, enough. I yeah. would agree. But I think that, that kid Misha his physical humor, his his timing with that, I thought was hilarious. He was a highlight in the film. Um, again, I just wish I would have laughed a little bit more Me too. and they would have had a little bit more imagination with leaving it to your imagination because I didn't want to see people being sawed in half. Just didn't the, want to see it. This movie was not made for us. It wasn't. You know, and and I, I think that needs to be said. This was made for a teen audience. Yeah. And and even then, beware people, it's gruesome. It's it disturbingly gruesome. So I gave it two and a half stars. I fluctuated between two, two and a half, two, two I, and a half. I, I went with two and a half, two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It certainly isn't, you know, come play. No. Which, you know, <laughs> much, smart. much better. That was 10 times better. If, yeah. you, if you have a choice between two different movies two to horror see films, yeah. in the theater, go see Come Play. Definitely. All right. So, um, now you have seen a couple of movies that I haven't. And we've both seen this movie called Echo Boomers. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting background, for me it is anyway, with okay. Echo Boomers. Because a couple of years ago, um, I was alerted to this young filmmaker, Seth Savoy, who's in Chicago... And he was he had a script form for this movie called Echo Boomers. Mm -hmm. So I met with him and, and talked about what the concept was. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. You couldn't make this stuff up. And it's about this group of kids who were dissatisfied with the fact that they went and got an expensive college education at, I think it was Loyola University. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't get a, an entry-level job to save their lives. This was back in 2013, I believe, 12, 13, something like that. And so they kind of had a lot of resentment and found out that there's a way to make some money really fast. And so they would rob houses up in the Barrington and Lake Forest area. 
But they wouldn't just rob the houses, they would destroy the property and then send a message. And they were some pretty sick messages. So this is a true story. And from what I understand from this interview, and, and you know, let's take a listen to a clip from the interview that I had with Seth Savoy. You mean, he's like, I met these guys, we, uh, we went out to this club, and he's like, they're our age, and he's like, they blew about $25,000 last night. I was like, what? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we went out and just blew like a ridiculous amount of money. Like, I, I don't know. He's like, they're characters. You got to meet them. He's like, we're going out again tonight. Come with us. Just meet them. So I meet these guys, and, and they were my age at the time. They were 21. And uh, I guess 22. And uh, they were really cool. Like, they were great. They were awesome. We hit it off. Had a great time. I looked at the bill at the end of the night, and it was $10,000. And I, and I looked at him, and, like, we really hit it off that night. So I was like, hey, man, like, if you don't mind me asking, like, we're, we're the same age. Like, you know, what do you do? <laughs> and he looked at me so sincerely, and he's just like, Seth, uh, it's a family business. My family gave it to me. I was blessed into it. Everything's on me. Wow. Awesome. And so, like, you know, you kind of accept that answer, and somebody sure. says it to you. And so, like, we really hit it off, and, like, we started to become friends, and, um... And so for like six months, every weekend we'd go out and we'd party and it'd be great. And, uh, one morning I wake up with a phone call from Chicago PD. And they say, Seth Savoy, we have a warrant out for your arrest. We just suggest that you just come in and talk to us. And so like, so I went to, I went down to the police station and um, they were like, hey, do you know these guys? And they showed me the four people I was hanging out with. And I was like, yeah, I know them. We're like really good friends. And they showed po photos of me like hanging out with them. Like they'd taken these photos of them like while I was hanging out with them. So what they were Who doing. Who took the photos? The police did? The police did. Oh they were being walked. Yeah. And so I'm sitting next to them like looking like an idiot, like, you know, partying with them. Right. So I look just like I'm a part of them. And, uh, and so what they were doing was uh, they were Loyola University graduates who had gotten degrees in 2013. And because it was 2013, they couldn't get jobs right, after right. they graduated. Yeah. So uh, they felt cheated. Like they felt like they like they did what they were told to do. Right. You know? Yeah. And so they started taking U-Hauls out to these really nice suburbs of like South Barrington and Lake Forest, and they would wait for people to leave, and they would bust in and steal as much as they could. And they'd drop it off to a guy here in the West Loop who was a mechanic, and he'd pay him 30 grand cash for everything they took. So, <laughs> so they would do that uh, three to four times a week, and they did it for two years. So they were sealing up to, like, the the average was about $120,000 per house. Sealing art, jewelry, oh, I'm everything. Sure. And so they're like, you really didn't know they were doing this? And I was, you know, I told them the exact story. I was like, I swear to God, I didn't know any of this. I, like, I don't know what to tell you. And uh, luckily they talked to them and... Uh, and all the they guys, were that way. yeah, all the guys were like, he had nothing to do with it. We didn't tell Thank him. Thank God. Because even if I would have known, I could have gotten jail. Oh, absolutely, you're in a So like, it's scary. yeah, it's scary. So I get off, and I realize like how cool that story is, right? Yeah. That these, like these, these kids did it because they felt cheated. And so I take a trip to Cook County Jail, right? And I'm talking to him, like, behind mm -hmm. the glass or on the phone. And I told him that, like, I was fucked up as a friend. Because I felt like I knew him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you trust like him. Yeah. And 
you know, that kind of put me in danger, and, and I was really kind of upset with them, and I told them I'd forgive them if they gave me the rice to make it into Olympics. And they were like, dude, we got 16, or we got 30, 33 counts of armed robbery and 16 years in jail. They're like, dude, take it. I got nothing to look forward to. So that gives you a little bit of an idea as to what this movie is, and some of the casting changed throughout the last couple of years, and now this movie is going to be available on VOD starting on Friday the 13th. I really enjoyed the movie. I think I might have enjoyed it a little bit more because I did have that interview opportunity mm -hmm. with um, the director and writer, and I also... I love movies that can be based in reality. Um, Michael Shannon is in this film, and he plays this gritty, kind of menacing character. I think that's not a far stretch for him. I've seen him walking on the street in Toronto, and he's, he's a big guy. He can be kind of intimidating. Um, and then we've got the Schwarzenegger boy. Patrick. Patrick Schwarzenegger, and he plays the lead role of Lance. Um, does he? Does he? So you had problems with him. He's pretty bland. Okay. He's pretty bland. He just seems like a sweet, doe-eyed boy who gets roped into a situation well, that he doesn't want to be roped into. That, that's the character. It is. I'm just saying I don't think he gave a very good performance. You do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we disagree on that. I, I just, you know, it's a story I've seen before. There was a movie a couple years ago that I really liked, and I think you liked it too, called American Animals. Oh, God, I loved that, that movie. That was a fantastic film. Mm -hmm. Another, you know, look at the disenfranchised generation who you know, isn't satisfied with working normal jobs because they're a bunch of spoiled brats, so they have to go steal. And that was another big problem I had right. with this film. I had no sympathy for these people. Oh, no. Oh, At I... all. You and... know, I, I mean, come on. If you want to do the Robin Hood thing, I'm all for it. But no, you're just pissed off and you're just coddled and no, you can't get the job you want. Tough shit. That right. doesn't mean you get to go trash people's houses and steal. Right. I had no sympathy for them, so I could had no buy-in on this film. Okay. I, I guess I didn't have any sympathy for them either because my kids are that kid that those kids' age, and I can't imagine my children doing something like right. that. And, yeah. But I didn't have any sympathy for them either. Um, I just liked the story because it was a true story. Again. I, I kept okay. <laughs> comparing it to American Animals, which was also a true story, right. all the way throughout. This just did not hold a candle. You know, I think creatively and storytelling technique, American Animals is a unique animal. It is. Part it's of the quite, fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, the way that they, they do the um, reenactments and they do the interviews with the real, the real people, people. Yeah. and they put that all out in a linear form. That was extraordinary. Yeah. I loved that movie. Yeah. That was good. Mm -hmm. All right, go see American Animals. <laughs> Check out Echo Boomers. I liked it. Chuck didn't. Well, especially also if you have a Chicago connection, because there's right. that as well. A lot of Chicago stuff going on there. Um, and that, you saw a movie that I did not, and I, I have a feeling I'm going to be remiss for not having seen it, Madre. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a little slow for you. You'll say, oh, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a movie I think that pays off uh, it, it, it rewards your patience. Uh, it, it's, it's a film about a woman, um, a, an exceptional performance from an actress uh, called uh, Marta Nieto. Um, it's a Spanish film, and it's about a woman who loses her son. The first 10 minutes is one of the best scenes I've seen this year. It's a continuous shot within an apartment, and this woman gets a phone call from her son. Her son is with the father. They have separated. And the boy is calling and saying, I can't find dad. Dad uh, left. How old is this kid? Five. Oh, shit. And the phone is dying, and the boy is on a beach. Oh, oh, stop for a minute. Is this, was this a short film first? It was a short film first. I saw this short film. It haunts me till today. Well, this would haunt you as well, because the guy expanded ah, on it to a complete damn. 
film. All right, I've got to go see this one. Yes, you need to see this. Okay. <clears throat> I loved that short film. Yeah, and the first 10 minutes of this oh. is, like I say, one continuous shot in this uh, apartment where the woman is trying to talk to her son, and her mother is there, too. And yes. Calling the police. And yeah. Trying to, and going back and forth, and you feel mm. this woman's mania mm. just build and build and build. And, of course, you can relate to it as well, especially when the phone goes dead. <laughs> and you can't talk to the boy. Well, the boy is gone. We never know what happens, but the film then jumps ahead about 10 years. And she has now taken a job at a restaurant on the beach where she thinks the boy disappeared. And one day she sees a teenage boy. And she thinks, uh. maybe it's him. It's firmly established pretty early on the boy is not her son. Okay. But that, what, that, that doesn't stop her from having an emotional response to him. Mm -hmm. Her reaction to him is very confused because she's confused. Right. She's never really gotten over this. I think she's still How mourning this. How <laughs> could you? Completely. And this boy is confused as well because this woman is an attractive woman. She's older, obviously, but she's very attractive. And he's confused because she thinks, Aww. he thinks that her attention because is of a sexual nature. Not maternal. Not maternal. <clears throat> and she gets a little confused in that area too. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. There's yeah. a lot of psychological There's a lot. Of, yes, this, this poor woman is really, really psychologically troubled. And the film really looks at her through her journey as far as her trying to come to terms with this incident that she never really did come to terms yeah. with. Um, you know, and the, the title, Madre, Mother, uh, that's no accident. Right. I mean, those feelings, those maternal feelings conflict her throughout. Uh, a beautiful, beautifully shot film, too. My the God. short was as well. I mean, the beach scenes yeah. and, and, and the, the, guy, the, the camera glides in and out of her experiences and what she does. Uh, it's a movie that I've, I saw about a week ago, maybe a week and a half, and every other day or so I'm thinking about it. Really? I go back to it. It's, it's one of those things that's very haunting. And you know if you've seen the short film that if you're a parent at all, you're, you instantly relate to this thing. It's right. your worst nightmare. Oh, it is, absolutely. I mean, the, the short, I was like, and, and I think it was a continuous shot for the entire short. I'm not sure about that, so don't quote me, but you were with her, like you were just saying, you're with her in every moment and seeing... So in the short, she's getting the phone call? Yes. Okay. Yes, and then the phone dies, and she's trying to call the police. The mother is there, and right. they're and like, she, exactly. you know, it's total chaos going on, and she's trying to get her stuff together. The mom's trying it's, to help, but it's, it's not It's the helping. same actress. Oh, is it really? Mm -hmm. Oh, how can people see this? How can I now see this since I missed the screening? Well, I, I think that you can you can see this now if you go to musicboxtheater.com. You get that through their virtual uh, movie theater. And also it's on on demand as well, video on demand. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, I have to see that. And I will try, no promises, to put the short film on our website. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, so that people can take a look at that. It's uh, probably about a 15, 20 minute yeah. short. Mm -hmm. Take a look at that. If you like that, you're going to probably love this. Yeah. So. Very well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. All right. Here's cheers. Yeah. <laughs> what else are we talking about here? We're talking about the climb. Yeah, the climb. The climb exists in a fuzzy area of my memory. Right? Yeah. This is, some, this is a film that premiered at Sundance. And Sundance has big movies and little movies and everything in between. And The Climb was one of those movies that got a great premiere, had a great party afterwards. 
Um, I really enjoyed the movie at Sundance, and then it was supposed to open in March. Yeah, in I April? have a feeling they were weren't they trying to build off that momentum of Sundance? Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I saw it as well on a screener. Okay. And they were gonna, and then everything fell and then apart. COVID hit. Yeah. So this is, as you said, the climb is a COVID casualty. I just yes. like the alliteration there, so I had to say it all together. Yeah, unfortunately it is. And uh, it's finally, it's getting into theaters, some theaters, right. tomorrow. And I'm sure it's available on VOD as well. And um, it's a shame because what I remember of it, right. I, I remember liking. Right. And, and I just uh, rewatched it. I think I've seen it three times now. Oh, geez. Um, not all the way through the second time, but the third time um, just recently. And that opening scene, let's, let, you know what, be, before I say any more, let's go ahead and listen to that opening scene. Mike, I'm getting married. How awesome is that? Awesome. She's the best. She's like the best person ever. I don't have to change to be with her, you know? Remember how Marissa made me get that Rob Thomas haircut? And Tina made me be an atheist for a year? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Ava isn't like that. She loves me for who I am. And, and I love her for who she is. I, I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. Kyle, I slept with Ava. What? What do you mean, slept? Like we, slept, we sexually slept together. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. And when? When when did you sleep together? I don't know the exact dates. I didn't Dates! Dude, slow down, you should pace yourself. Ah! How long? Like a quarter mile? No, how long has this been going on? When did it start? When she moved to New York. Three years ago. This whole time? No. No, not the whole time. It was, you know. It was before you guys started dating. So I don't know if you noticed, Chuck, in that <laughs> opening scene that there was a lot of... <gasps> yes, yes. It's not, you know, it's, it's not it, an obscene thing. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of when we were in... Where did we stay in L.A.? Outside of L.A., north of Santa Monica. We ran to Santa Monica. We did oh, intervals. Oh, we ran to Do the remember? pier? Jesus, God. <laughs> Remember yes, running intervals? Yeah, we you, did like you, six you, miles you of shamed, intervals. You shamed me into doing it. <laughs> that, that heavy breathing kind of reminded me of that interval run with you. <laughs> that breakfast we had at the end was oh. one of the best breakfasts I ever had. <laughs> Wasn't that ever. wonderful? It was good to begin with, but I was really hungry by the yeah, time. Yeah, we, we were both there. famished. Mm -hmm. I think we took a cab back. Yeah. I think we did, yeah. yeah. But in that opening scene, they're riding bikes up a hill. Yes. And, and that, that's one of the reasons it's called The Climb. It is. And The Climb, it, this is a buddy movie. Yes. And this is an unusual buddy movie because these guys have been friends all through elementary, high mm -hmm. school, college, and now beyond. And a woman enters their life. And, okay, so Michael, Michael and Kyle, they both love the same woman. And one is engaged to problem. this woman, Ava, and the other one has been sleeping with this woman, Ava. <laughs> so that's when uh, Michael decides to tell Kyle that he's been sleeping with his fiance. Um, obviously, this doesn't go well, and he tells 
him this on the uphill ride because he's in better shape than yeah. Kyle and knows that Kyle can't get away from him. him. Yes. <laughs> um, the French in their intolerance comes to Kyle's rescue though and they end up in the hospital. Yeah. Um, but this is a, a unique buddy movie because I think it really shows how people come in and out of your lives and what really binds people together. Especially it's a guy test. friendships. Yeah, it's and a test. And they're different than women. Completely. Yeah. So tell me your take on and the movie. Do you remember? I remember it briefly, and I remember it. You know, you'd made a comment earlier before we went on, and it jogged a couple of things that it does cover quite a span of years. It does, uh, and that kind of opened up like, oh yeah, now I remember it. Uh, I remember it kind of peters out at the end, mm -hmm. but the interaction between these two guys, and I know that they're friends in real life, they are. and I think they wrote the script together. They did. You can tell that. Yeah. There's a genuineness, there's a sincerity to this that is really refreshing. Right. And I think that's the biggest selling point of this. You know, you talk about guy friendships and guy relationships. You see it on display here right. as, as best as you could in a film. Right. And, and um, they are friends in real life. And I think that there's an element of documentary. Almost. And, and I had to question myself a couple times, like, is, is this real? Did this really happen? And then, and then you realize that, no, this everything is all set up. I wonder how much is ad-libbed, though, and what, sure. is, what is scripted. So definitely worth checking out when it comes out on VOD. I think it's only playing in major cities right now. It's in right. Chicago with a landmark. Well, it's here in Champaign. Oh, it's here in Champaign? So, yeah, yeah you know, AMC. AMC. Yeah, I think AMC. If you have an AMC theater in the area, you have a good chance of, of seeing it because I think that they... You know, they have it exclusively. And, and that would be, I have never seen it on the big screen. I've only seen it on, on my screen at home, mm -hmm. which is pretty darn good. But um, seeing it on the big screen, I think, would really give justice to, especially that opening scene. Right. And know? also the hilarious funeral scene. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. For a funeral scene, it's, it's damn funny. And again, you can really see their friends. Oh, completely. You know? <laughs> completely. <laughs> so check it out if you're in Champaign here. Um, at Chicago, the AMC, Chicago at the Landmark. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can check this out um do we have any other you know what talking about buddy movies that kind of lays the ground for one of next week's films called buddy games ah uh, yes you've seen this i have not yet you have not. i will get to it this weekend you you have a giddy look on your I face. I do. And it's is it Josh DeHommel. Is, is that the only reason? <laughs> no, it is not. Although he is eye candy for those who have been on a sugar-free diet okay, for a long time. Okay, so but okay for guys who you know for me. I think you're gonna like it. Okay, because is, is it gonna be ninety minutes of my life I can't get back? Or? Oh, every movie is at least ninety minutes of your life that you will not get back. But, but at I least think... I don't want to regret that ninety minutes. Did you like The Hangover? I did. Okay. It was I. I that was on my top 10 list that year, actually. Okay, this is not going to make your top 10 list, but I want you to see it. Well, at least Olivia Munn's in it. She is. Not a great actress, but, no, you know, oh, eye candy. Okay, all right, so we, we each have eye candy yeah. in us. She has a kick-ass scene, which is to die for. Okay, all right, we'll look forward to it. <laughs> um, and I guess that wraps it up. Anything else coming out next week that we didn't, didn't uh, give light to? Well, Fat Man. Batman, your Okey favorite, your favorite uh, Christmas movie with Mel Gibson. We thought it was this week, but it's actually next week. Right, it opens in theaters this week, and then next, next week, week is, right. is VOD. And I did see it already, and I dare you to make it all the way through this okay, one. Okay, well. Uh, and then there's a Amazon film called Sound of Metal. Right. Which I haven't seen yet, about a uh, heavy metal rocker who's losing his hearing. Right. Uh, and how that uh, affects him. And then there's a documentary on HBO next week called Crazy... 
Not Insane, oh, which yes. is an Alex Gibney, if you know anything about documentaries, he is the guy. And this looks at the uh, psychology and physiology of serial killers. Sounds uplifting. So, yeah, I'm not exactly. a buddy games. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll watch that and then we'll apply what we learned to Freaky. Sounds like a plan. Right. Well, Chuck, cheers. Yep. Cheers to all of you for listening. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. We're looking for lots more listeners. We love what we do and we hope you do too. Take care.